Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. Can you believe we're this deep into the NFL season? We got to make every second count. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make the most out of every game. Bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting $5 on any matchup. So right now, get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use the code JOHN. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on the NFL. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code JOHN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort Kansas, must be 21 or older in eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. <laughs> What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. That's me. That's the show. How are we doing? Just watched a little Monday Night Football. Wanted to hate the game coming into it. And then I found myself on the couch going, it's pretty entertaining. I really kind of enjoyed it. Jake Browning, game of his life. Obviously, the story of the night, Trevor Lawrence carried off the field. Does not look good. I'm recording this right after the game, so I don't know the injury. We've all watched football long enough to know it's... Probably not good. Probably not good at all. So the implications of that, some thoughts on the officiating and Big Dom, the Jets, Belichick, Caleb Williams, a little Debo talk, a uh, lot of football stuff. So here's the game plan. We got a lot of stuff on the YouTube channel. 
John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. Check out that YouTube channel. We put a bunch of content up there. And yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, if you listen on Collins' feed, make sure you subscribe to Three and Out feed. Appreciate everyone that has. Other than that, I need to do something right now. Do you want to get a loved one a present? My girlfriend's uh, birthday is right around the corner, and gifts are hard to get. They are hard, like for your dad, for brothers, for cousins, whoever you are around during the holidays, it can be difficult. I got you covered. Go to your cell phone, go to your iPad, download an app called Game Time. It's the official ticketing app of this podcast. And when you download the app, if you want to go to a game, if you want to go to basketball, football, hockey, you name it, any sport, college pro, concerts, comedy shows, do something for someone else and save some money. So just download the Game Time app, buy a pair of tickets, use the promo code John. That happens to be my name, J-O-H-N. That's how we spell it around here. J-O-H-N, promo code John, $20 off your first pair of tickets. Have a Get a present, do something for someone else, and do it on me. Save a little money while you're at it. Game time, promo code John. Okay, there's a lot going on. I mean, there's a lot going on in this game. I'm recording this, I don't know, less than 10 minutes after he hit the walk-off field goal. So I don't have the information on what happened to Trevor Lawrence's ankle slash knee. Obviously, there was collateral damage because Walker Little, the left tackle, went down. But I'm stating the obvious here. If it's a significant injury and he's out for a foreseeable period of time, obviously there's not that much season left. It's December 4th. But if he's out for the rest of the season, they're done. They're screwed. Like the Houston Texans are going to win this division if that's the case. I mean, tonight was pretty devastating. It looked like not only the Jags were going to win, Trevor was playing really well, even though Jake Browning's having the game of his life since he was in college. You're like, listen, it's Monday Night Football. I say it all the time. Monday Night Football games late in the season against bad teams, like if it's a playoff-level team against a bad team, always feel tight. I remember years ago, the Giants might have been playing the Patriots pre, like when the Patriots were decent, might have been a different opponent, and it was just a knockdown dragout game, and it was one of those years pre-day ball when the Giants were really bad, even though they're pretty terrible right now. And just Monday night football game, it's a big deal to players. It's a big deal to coaches. I don't care how shitty your team is. You get up for it. And that's what it felt like tonight. Now, granted, you're watching the Bengals. You go, well, they got Jamar Chase, who's one of the best players in the league. Joe Mixon's pretty damn good. Uh Amaruno, the defensive coordinator for the Bengals, I don't know. He was a finalist last year for a head coaching job. He's pretty damn good. They got some young players. They play hard. They're making open field tackles. Well, their franchise player is on the sideline in a sling. Like that's that's like, God, he's he's really hurt. I mean, of course he is. He's out for the season, but that's that makes you go, God, that's not ideal. Uh you got some fight. These guys are pros. These guys get paid a lot of money too. I saw someone ask Tyreek Hill after he dusted uh, someone on the Commanders, and then they did one of the best celebrations you'll ever see. They did the roller coaster with like four guys. They put over the uh, you know, seat, you know, know, the the seat belts, and then they all went the same way. I highly recommend Googling it if you haven't seen it. But like Tyreek was like, were you offended that they didn't give you safety help? He's like, those guys make a lot of money too. Like their coaching staff is highly paid. You know, this, is, this is pro football. Like all, all these guys are making a decent chunk of change. So... I'm never shocked when these games are tight. Now, when you have an injury like Trevor Lawrence, and this season's kind of been defined by quarterback injuries. Think how many star players. I mean, it really started. It was like an omen with Rodgers four or five plays into the season. He's laying on the ground. I mean, that's 
That, that still is the craziest injury I've ever seen when you factor in all the hoopla, all the hype, the trade, and everything. I mean, we've seen worse, obviously way worse injuries than Aaron Rodgers in terms of like the visual with bones sticking out, knees you know going the wrong way. Achilles, it actually isn't that hard to watch in the sense of it's not like a violent play on the player. You just know it right away. But think of all the other guys that have been KO'd since. And if Trevor Lawrence does have a significant knee, ankle, whatever injury, that's a devastating blow for the NFL. Because this was a playoff team. He's a young star quarterback. At least star in the sense of former number one pick. Ton of hype. Everyone that follows football knows who he is. And that sucks. There's no there's no overcoming that. You know? I mean, think about Jake Browning tonight. Who... Probably, on a bright note, honestly, how cool is that if you're him, if you're his family? Uh, one of the guys I follow on on Twitter, he covers high school football in Sacramento. And Jake Browning played, where I come from, De La Salle in the Bay Area and Folsom High School in Sacramento are the two powers currently in you know Northern California, non-LA school. And Folsom High School, Troy Taylor, who's now the head coach at Stanford, used to be the head coach there and coached Jake Browning. And he went to the game with his son. And he took the selfie and he sent it to this guy and he tweeted it. And like, how cool is it that the guy's former high school coach is there? Uh, anyone that knows Jake Browning, I mean, this guy played at Washington. He led them to the playoffs. I mean, he was a pretty heralded college player, but not in a million years that I think he'd be in the NFL. But here's the thing. You either get better or you get worse. I don't care what you do. You're either going to improve or you're going to get lapped in whatever profession you're in, especially any profession that is competitive. And here's what I will say about Jake Browning. He's clearly improved. Like to me, he looked dramatically better as I mean, you should improve with age as an athlete. If you're putting in the time and Aikman said, talking to him, like he's put in a lot of time. He was fucking fantastic tonight. I mean, you go 32 of 37 on Monday night football for over 350 yards and a touchdown and to throw the dime down the sideline to Jamar chase, but there was a poise, there was an accuracy, he made a sweet play with his legs. Like, what a really, really cool moment for him. It's one thing, you know, like DeVito, like, it's fun to talk about DeVito, to talk about, you know, the mob, and chicken parm, and all the jokes that are being had with his family going viral. It's funny. I mean, it's legitimately kind of funny. But Tommy DeVito, I got news for you, probably ain't going to be in the league long. I mean, I, I would bet against it. And more than likely is like not going to have any more moments. Hell, Tyrod Taylor's probably coming back. We're not even going to see Tommy DeVito. Like Jake Browning starting the rest of the season. This team is six and six. I don't know if you noticed. I, I don't know why I watched the amount of this game that I did on Sunday. The Pittsburgh Steelers, who I just told Stucky the other day, I'm like, look at their schedule, man. They are going to be 11 and four. Middlecoff, they're not going to be fucking 11 and four. They stink. They're awful. They wouldn't have beat the Arizona Cardinals had Kenny Pickett not gotten injured. I don't care how many tropical rainstorms, hurricanes, tornadoes, whatever kept delaying that game came through. The Pittsburgh Steelers are not good. They are not. And honestly, the Arizona Cardinals, props to Kyler Murray, they're 2-2 two two since he returned. But like, the Bengals are dead. They are just not dead. Look at the carnage that happened yesterday. No different than the Bills. Now, I like the Bills more than the Bengals because... I would bet on Josh Allen over Jake Browning, but if this guy can just play under control, now there's one thing, Monday Night Football, a little extra rest. You know, I, I, I'm not going to put, act like he's going to continue to play like this, but 
very cool moment. I, I think sometimes we talk so much like, is this guy overpaid? Is this guy underpaid? Is this guy overrated? Should they trade this guy? Does this guy need to get fired? Instead, and I'm guilty of this probably more than most, talking about all that stuff, when we just be like, what a cool freaking moment. What an awesome game for that guy. Pro athlete, backup quarterback on one of the better teams in the NFL over the last several years. No one ever, no one even knows the guy's name really because ideally he's never going to have to play when you got Joe Burrow. And he comes in, he has a moment like that on Monday Night Football. 32 at 37. <laughs> what? What a game. What a freaking game by the guy. And ultimately you help lead your team to a victory like against a, you know, a, a really good team. Now, once Trevor Lawrence goes out, who was also having a really good game, you know, you're not necessarily beating him, uh, I would say, in full strength, clearly. But that, that, that was very impressive by the Bengals and not tapping out, not quitting. I, I know their head coach can be polarizing sometimes. I thought the easiest way to help any average quarterback and definitely a backup quarterback is to get easy plays. You know, in basketball, you call them layups. Right, get to the rim, like get to the foul line. One football, run the ball. Just run the ball. <laughs> Don't even ask him to do anything. And when you get positive yards on the ground, it enables your quarterback to play a little freer. It's much harder to play quarterback when you ask them to, you know, operate like Joe Burrow, and they did this a week ago. It's like, bro, you get in positions if he's incomplete on first down, you're in second you're in passing situations, second and third down. And if for some reason you have a penalty, something happens, all of a sudden you're in second, third, and not even close to manageable. I mean, you're talking third and forever. So you put a guy like that in those situations, it's going to be very difficult. But when I get you in second and five, second and two, third and one, like we got a chance for success. And then because of the talent that you have on offense, you can be explosive. Now, I think a lot of people, like if you just went to Twitter when Boyd threw one of the worst picks you'll ever see. It was the second double pass the Bengals busted out. That shows you Zach Taylor coming into this game didn't have that much faith in this quarterback. He thought he was going to pull, have to pull off like all the you know bells and whistles, throw everything, throw the kitchen sink at the Jags just to have a chance to win, which I understand coming into the game. But per, I would say by like early second quarter, you're like, God, the Bengals can just play with them. You don't need to outthink them. Sometimes you need to pull some of these trick plays because you're not as good as your opponent. Tonight, look like equals. Just play the game. Now, they avoided it. That It felt like that was going to be the moment. Remember when Chuck Pagano called the whatever the hell that was, that fake punt with McAfee and he got tackled. It was like the worst play in NFL history. It kind of felt like that tonight when the Bengals, when he threw the ball right to uh, Allen, the defensive end. Literally hit him right. He jumped, but he did not need to jump. Uh, underrated play also, even when it is a ball right to you and something like that, if you are a pass rusher, or if you are a D lineman, outside linebacker, and you pick it off, that's not easy. Like most of your time during the week is not spent on the judge machine. So just kind of being an athlete, you know, kind of throwback to when you were a kid, just make a play. And he did. But big win for the Bengals. Obviously the story of the night, we'll see. Maybe by the time you listen to this, we have some concrete evidence, but... Listen, we've all watched enough football to know that did not look good. Uh, he, he clearly threw his helmet, you know, pain, frustration. And I think sometimes when you, uh, you know, just to watching sports my entire life, you, you know it's really bad. And, uh, and I think there's a level, sometimes there's just a level of shock. 
right? When you, you get injured, you see it a lot in basketball. You're like, God, did he just rip every tendon and ligament in his entire body? And then like 10 minutes later, they're back in the game just because you kind of freak out. And then there's when something like that happened the night, you get bent back in the wrong direction. Hell, your left tackle ends up leaving the game as well. And you know it's really bad. Still can't quite understand why they made him walk, uh, you know, to Miami, Florida. Like, can someone give the guy a ride? This is a player that you're probably going to give $150, $170 million to in the next 18 months. Let's get the guy in a cart. But they literally just kind of carried him, you know, slash walked really slow, which must have taken forever because they panned to him after commercial and they're still walking under the tunnel at, like, baby speed uh but you know you gotta be careful with that knee so ankle or whatever the hell it is just a devastating loss in every way imaginable for Doug Peterson I also had the thought is Doug's Doug's had some terrible injuries happen to his quarterback now obviously the one in Philadelphia worked out in his favor when Foles came in and became magical and they won the Super Bowl I, I think I'm, I'm I'm not breaking any news here that's not happening in this situation that's not happening with CJ Beathard if they were to make the playoffs and Trevor can't come back, they're not winning a playoff game with C.J. Beathard. I would bet my life savings on that right now. I don't give a shit who they play. I, I read a lot today just searching through the headlines. This is what I usually do to just see what, you know, what are the people talking about out there? What should what should we talk about on the old podcast? And, you know, in my world, a lot of Niner people, a lot of Eagle people, uh, just a lot of Greenlaw, Dom DeSandro talk. And if you listen to me the other day, listen, Dom's one of the coolest motherfuckers I've ever known. I spent so much time eating with him, talking with him when I lived in Philly. I, I, I gravitate toward, you know, I would say people that just color outside the lines. Uh, not only they entertain me, but I just, something about them that I, 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 I don't know, see myself in. I don't know what it is, but I, I just, gra- I, I like those type guys. I love Dom DeSandro. Most people do that have been around him. And I saw, I actually had this epiphany last night because I'm laying in bed. It's hard to sleep for me after Sundays. I get all worked up. I do a bunch of podcasts, just talk about football, and I'm just like all amped up. I have to take like 17 melatonins just to kind of doze off. And I watched this side view of the Greenlaw. And I love Dre Greenlaw as well. Like, I mean, Dre Greenlaw, to me, is an underrated heartbeat of the Niners. Fred said it to uh, Greg Olson on the broadcast. Like, I try... And he's known as like one of the most violent players in the league. And Fred's like, I try to hit as hard as Dre. When Dre's on the field healthy, there's a violence to the 49ers that no one in the league can match. Dude is just on the edge of craziness. I mean, and sometimes he crosses it. But this is this is the NFL. This isn't peewee football. I need some guys to cross the line every once in a while. But I saw this. My epiphany was I saw this sideline view of the Dom-Dre Greenlaw thing. And when you put things in slow motion... Totally understand it with, did you get two feet down, right? Did a guy catch the ball? Did uh, did the ball touch or the foot touch out of bounds, right? I, I understand sometimes the need for slow motion in football. When you do slow motion in a fight, right, or, or just an altercation, I think it makes it worse uh, look 50 times worse. Because I saw the full speed, I don't even want to call it an altercation, just the moment, between Greenlaw, Devontae Smith, it was a nothing burger. And I said this yesterday, and I've been beating this drum forever. I've always hated in basketball, and I'm specifically talking about Draymond because when I lived in the Bay, I watched 
the Warriors kind of suck now and they're boring, but in their heyday, I watched every minute of every Warrior game. And Draymond does things, or at least did things over the course of his career to get tossed. Like he he, he earned it, right? No different than Dennis Rodman, Rasheed Wallace. Like some guys, you know, are legitimately crossing the line on certain nights. But then they're also treated on other nights. And, and Draymond wasn't alone. It always bothered me in a pro game when a player said like F you to another player and get tossed for that. Even F you to the ref. Like this is not... the peewees this is not junior high basketball or football this is not college sports we are not teaching life lessons there are millions of dollars on the line this is a business none of that other shit nobody cares about this is an entertainment product which is a business you gotta let things go and to me where the officials really screwed up in that moment and it, it just it's bothered me since that play no one needed to get tossed it was honestly barely, it wasn't even a scuffle. Dom tried to separate him. Greenlaw pointed at his face. I saw Howard Eskin, who's the sideline guy for the Eagles, said that John Lynch, Dre Greenlaw, Dom, and a couple other Eagles were laughing about it in the halls of the Lincoln Financial Field after the game. Nobody gave a shit again beside the referees. The consumer, us, who pay for everything, are there watching the game for the players and the coaches. Everyone that paid a lot of money to attend that game is there for the game. The officials too often in professional sports, whether it's basketball, baseball, football, inject themselves into things that don't need to be or don't need their hand involved. If you have a malice at the palace and Ron Artest is beating the shit out of everybody, yeah, time to get involved. If there is some 80s, 90s, old school brawls where guys are throwing haymakers at each other, yeah, maybe some guys need to get thrown out. I'm sorry, that was a fucking embarrassment for the NFL. And when I see these headlines like they're going to go after the Eagles, what are we doing? That was one of the biggest nothing burgers I've ever seen. Nobody should have gotten any trouble. No one should have got ejected. Separate them. Call the next play. I think sometimes... And maybe it's like the, the network's getting involved because it's such a big television show. Create the drama. It's almost like the reality show that's truly reality. They're just playing a game. Now, you can think the game's rigged or not, but I don't believe that is. I'm not sure that Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni got a script when the season began that you're going to get your ass kicked by the 49ers. But just let the reality on the television on the field play itself out. And referees, like try to stay away as much as possible. Whatever happened to just separating them? And just moving on. That doesn't happen anymore in sports. We're constantly throwing guys out. Our time is way too valuable. These guys are being paid way too much money to go hit the showers for nothing. If you take your helmet and you slam it on some guy's face, okay. If I point at your face and, and I have no clue who you are as an opposing player, who cares? That, that, that really was a really embarrassing moment for Roger and his operation. And listen, I've been on the referees. I don't even waste that much time talking about it over the last like calendar year because rinse, wash, repeat. But when you start sending guys to the showers, when you start doing things like that, uh, that, that that's inexcusable. Now, you could argue that the buzz it's going to create if they play again in the NFC Championship, uh, a huge storyline, and it is, so it's good for everyone's business that's in the broadcasting of the game. So maybe they like doing that crap. But if I'm Roger Goodell, like, can everyone just take a deep breath? Can we just try to get the calls on the field right and not worry about throwing guys out or, or, or getting some guy in trouble over something that was 
pretty innocuous. I mean, I honestly believe that. If you watch it in slow motion, yeah, it feels like Conor McGregor fighting Mike Tyson. If you watch it in real time, it's like, fuck, I, I saw this crazier thing that happened in the gas station today. Like, let's be better, NFL. We're too important to the fabric of society at this point. You're the number one television show in America. Uh, let's just, let's figure out our referees and just how tone them down a little bit. For the love of God, please, for me, for you, and for everyone who enjoys this sport, uh, can, can we just try to corral that group? Because it feels like they're a bunch of village idiots right now. A lot of other stuff going on. It, it kind of hit me today. You know, Belichick <laughs> lost 6 nothing at home. 6 to nothing, And I read that Belichick and the Patriots are the first team since like the late 30s to lose three games where they held the opponent to 10 points or under. I was thinking like, if you played three games, whatever their record is, you know, they've played 11 or 12 games. That's a, you know, you're talking 30, 25% of your season, your defense is playing awesome. And obviously they've had other games when the team was in the teens or the low 20s. Belichick can still coach defense. Belichick knows how to play an opposing team with a star, highly paid quarterback, with other good weapons, especially if his team is healthy, give his team a fighting chance to compete defensively. One thing is clear. He doesn't know how to evaluate offensive skill guys, especially wide receivers. And if the quarterback position is screwed up, i.e. Tom Brady not there, and he doesn't have some other plug-and-play top 10 player, he's fucked. But think about a couple years ago when Mac Jones was just serviceable as a rookie. He had Josh McDaniels. Well, I was thinking about today, Josh McDaniels doesn't have a job. Because I've texted with so many people like, Middlecoff, you really think I'm not going third person Cam Newton style? I'm just saying that's what they say to me. That Because I saw he did an interview with part of my take guys. He says, he talks in third person like every other sentence. It's like, Cam, just talk about like a normal human. It's like, what do you think Cam Newton? No, Cam, you are Cam Newton. But I, Belichick's offensive issues this year, he doesn't have his offensive coordinator. Well, his offensive coordinator is going to be available. So if you hire Bill Belichick this offseason, because let's face it, there is no possibility of him returning. <laughs> Zero. I mean, it, it makes absolutely no sense for Bill Belichick to return or to let him have the power to draft one of these quarterbacks, slash draft other people in the draft. I wouldn't let him touch it. It's an easy one to go your separate ways. But then the question mark is like, is Bill Belichick a viable candidate? And I've been saying for weeks, like, I think he's going to have the pick of the litter. Well, he's going to be able to say, well, why don't I just bring Josh with me as my offensive coordinator? You guys see what I can do on defense. I get Josh calling my offense, and boom, we're cooking with gas. I actually think it makes him more valuable on the open market when he can just say, I know exactly how this guy works. I don't have to even think about it because when he's gone to Patricia and obviously Bill O'Brien, they're completely screwed. But when he has Josh, who is an awful head coach, right? Just like Belichick, without him as the offensive coordinator, they're going to have issues. But you put those two together, I mean, hell, a couple years ago, they took Mac Jones to the playoffs. They made the playoffs with the rookie Mac Jones. Think about that. So I, I wouldn't count Belichick like his career is just over. He's proving it. On defense, think how many teams right now would give anything for for a guy like that to, to influence their defense. How many teams who are just putrid on that side of the ball? The Lions. Think of what the Lions would do to just have him just give them some tips on how to improve. I and mean, they got no clue. I mean, they're just, at any moment, you can score like 21 points on the Lions in like a blink of an eye. 
It's why that you feel less and less confident about them when the playoffs are you know coming around the corner. But if Belichick's a coach next year, Josh McDaniels is going to be his offensive coordinator. Uh, I'd put that bad boy in Sharpie. The other team, the Jets, you know, you saw Flacco, who just showed up off the couch throwing some deep. The guy's always throwing a beautiful deep ball. Listen, Joe Flacco, great hair, can't move, beautiful deep ball. That's what I think when I close my eyes and think of Joe Flacco. And yesterday, you just... uh, Let's be real. You you watched the Eagles and Niner game. It was hard to keep an eye on everything else. But I had a little screen going. I'd peek over there every once in a while. And that ball would just loop out. Just like, God, Flacco can still sling that thing. But the Jets rolled into the season. And I said it early on. And listen, Zach Wilson had like a game and a half stretch where you're like, God, he's kind of capable. And then he just resorted back to shitty Zach Wilson. They tried to have their cake and eat it too. Someone in the NFL in the know around the Jets was like, we were done. He was done. Like he was not coming back. I mean, it was kind of public as well, right? Zach Wilson was not going to be on the team, but then the Aaron Rodgers situation, you know, kind of played out and Aaron's like, you know, I kind of like the guy. I'll help him out. And then he just, they kind of kept him around. But I say it all the time. It's one thing. If you got a backup wide receiver, you can mix in other guys or a backup D lineman. When that is your backup quarterback, you are one Achilles tear from that guy becoming your starter. And of course it was an utter debacle. And now they're talking about potentially putting him back in the lineup. Uh, listen, these guys are probably going to survive simply because of Aaron Rodgers. But And, and I want to like Robert Sala as a head coach because I loved him as a defensive coordinator. I like him as a guy. It's pretty ugly, man. It, it, it really is. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett without Aaron Rodgers is might as well be Joe Judge or Matt Patricia. I mean, he's fucking terrible. Has absolutely no clue what to do. Their personnel has issues. It's so easy to say, well, we'll just wait till 2024 and Aaron Rodgers gets back. We say this a lot with the draft. Like, ah, oh, Todd Bowles, just, just get to 2024 and draft a quarterback who or whoever the bad team is. Well, you have to go through that season where it's pretty ugly, right? And once you start watching it on a weekly basis, it's like the Jets, that's about as shitty as a football team in terms of watching right there with the Patriots. But at least, I mean, the Patriots might draft number one overall. I think they have like a 50-50 shot to have the number one overall pick, right? To me, the Panthers are going to end up winning a game or two. Uh, Patriots cannot move the ball. They, they, they definitely can't score any points. They, they get even close in the red zone. No chance. So it's hard for them even to get there. Like, I, I do think the Panthers, you're going to look up and they're going to have a weird win. It would not shock me at all if the Patriots get the number one overall pick. But the Jets, like the Jets are going to win five or six games. And you're like, that, that might as well have been a two-win team. They fucking suck. So anytime that you suck that bad and your one excuse is, well, Rodgers has an Achilles. Well, that's great. Are we confident at all that you guys know what you're doing? That you guys, that Robert as a head coach, Nathaniel Hackett as a play caller, do you guys know what you're doing? Because I do think it's fair to say, like, you watch them and go, yeah, they don't know what they're doing at all. <laughs> like, there's not much faith. So it's getting really ugly. I think we can also put to rest the conversation that uh, that Caleb Williams is up in the air about what he's going to do with his decision uh, in terms of declaring for the National Football League. And I think it's pretty clear he's going to be the number one pick in the draft. Drake May was not good the second half of the season. That he officially opted out of the bowl game, which... To me, I'm numb to that. What do the bowl games even mean? Beside, honestly, the two playoff games, I think the bowl games have lost 
so much luster. Remember when that was a conversation like, he opted out of the bowl game? And now it's like, do any of these bowl games matter? Does anyone give a shit? Hell, half these guys don't even opt out of the bowl game. They go to the transfer portal. Like you look up this morning, you're like, Ohio State's quarterback is in the transfer portal. Like, didn't he just start on an 11-1 team? I mean, clearly, Ryan Day and the coaching staff was like, you're not starting here next year, bro. Or maybe they already know they got Cam Ward. It's kind of crazy the musical chairs that goes on with a college football transfer portal, which most of the players I, I can't even pretend to care about. The quarterback thing is pretty interesting, like where they all go. Uh, and obviously, it has a huge influence. Bo Nix, Michael Penix, right? You, you see these players, you know, influence the playoff race. Ewers at Texas originally started at Ohio State. But Caleb Williams not playing the bowl game. Of course he's not. I mean, I don't even a holiday bowl. Uh, I wouldn't play either. But he's going to the NFL draft. Like, we, we need to stop having this conversation. We need to start stop this kind of, you know, he's in L.A. Maybe he's close to LeBron, you know, playing it up, you know, creating some drama. Like, bro, you're going to the NFL. It's okay. Like, just just say it. It's it's, it's not going to kill you. Like, just, just get it over with. You don't need to do this dog and pony show, you know, leak stuff out, don't say anything. We all know it. And rightfully so. You've earned it. You're, you know, an excellent prospect. Uh, excited to watch, you know, the whole process play out in terms of the going to the combine, the interviews, the whole thing. But I, it's just one of those stories that it's like, I, I can't. It's like the Rodgers making his comeback. I, I, I can't take that story. I, I, there are certain stories that are just like, I, I immediately either change the channel or keep scrolling. It's like, yeah, I'm not paying any attention. So this will be the last time uh, we, we discuss Caleb Williams on the fence about declaring for the NFL. Unless he actually goes back to USC, which in what world would he go back to that team? I mean, that, that would be the crazy story. It's like, wait, you're going back to that team? Like, I understood when certain guys returned to school, like last year, Penix or Bo Nix, or, you know, if J.J. McCarthy returns to Michigan or whatever, you're like, yeah, your team's really good. Totally understand it. Uh, that USC team? I mean, they're fucking terrible. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I said the moment he came back, like, Kyle Murray's going to be their quarterback moving forward. <laughs> I mean, he's not, it, the, I don't think people quite understand. Uh, I played golf today with a guy that had played for the Cardinals back when Bidwell took over, you know, in the mid to late 2000s. And we were just discussing just how cheap, you know, and the Cardinals still to this day are, you know, that, that Players Association survey that came out about how they charge you to, for to-go boxes. <laughs> I mean, when I worked in the NFL for the first couple of years in the office, I lived on to-go boxes. If they would have charged me, Jeffrey Lurie would have taken thousands of dollars from me. So the, the, the Cardinals, from a cheapskate standpoint, are number one in the NFL. It ain't even close. So if you think that this owner paid this guy signing bonuses, paid him a lot of money to trade him, you're crazy. Uh, especially when, like, let's face it, there is a lot to work with with Kyler Murray. Now, I, you know, winning some of these games, it, it, when you have your quarterback, winning and losing when you suck doesn't matter as much. It much more impacts you if you want to draft one of the high quarterbacks. So it, it's a big deal, especially, you know, they're 2-2 two and two with Kyler Murray, like I said earlier. So uh, if I'm a Cardinal fan, we just need to get a lot more talent around this team because we don't have that much. It's more just the Steelers don't know what's going on there. But I think Kyler has had a very, very positive return from a football standpoint. Looks healthy. The team has just a lot of positivity around them. Not that, that negativity last year with Cliff, the Call of Duty contract, just everything surrounding the operation. Say what you want about them. They do. They feel like the polar opposite right now. Now, obviously, they're, they're playing with house money, zero expectations. No one expects them to win a game. They're huge underdogs every time they play. But I, I would say it's been a positive step. One thing that has not been a positive step has been the Derek Carr New Orleans experience. I I don't know if I thought he'd be good, but I definitely thought he'd just be, you know, middle of the road starting quarterback. Their team's pretty talented. They're going to go 10 and 7. The division sucks. He's just going to be solid. Now, he ended up having a good third quarter before he got knocked out for the second time this season. I think it's the second concussion. He threw three touchdowns or I think he accounted for three touchdowns. I don't know if he threw four all. But they got right back in the game, and it was like 28-21 after getting their ass kicked early. But through the first half, when they were just beyond putrid, he's getting booed. Someone, a bunch of people were hitting me up on social media like, why don't they just go to Jameis? And then I looked up his contract. They gave him a $40 million guarantee. 
they essentially are going to give him $60 million over two years. His dead cap next year is really high. They can't cut him. Like, he's on their team now, and he's just not very good. And I think sometimes, like, this is where I respect the guys that are polarizing, like Cousins and Dak are good examples. Because for a long time, Derek kind of hovered in that group. Jimmy Garoppolo did earlier in their career. Kirk Cousins stayed at that level, and you could argue this year was like his best years of his career. Kevin O'Connell's like, I've never seen this guy play that well, and he's watched him play forever. Dak Prescott continues to get better. Like, it sounds cliche, it sounds stupid, it sounds something like a coach would say, but it's fucking true. You either improve or you get worse. Nobody in football stays the same over the course of years, right? So you're either trending up or trending down. And Carr just starts, he's been trending down. Like, I thought last year was more like Josh McDaniels, outlier situation. You watch him this year, he doesn't look that good. And I'm saying this as someone who's known him since he was a senior in high school. But he's just not that good of a player anymore for whatever reason. Doesn't want to get hit. Lost his confidence. I, I don't know. I, I don't have the, uh, like, I can't pinpoint it. I just know from watching the guy's career his since college through the Raiders, you watch him play for the Saints, you're like, this is not a very good player right now. And internally, when you make a move, listen, you, you miss on free agents. It's part of football. Right, because a lot of the times when you sign a free agent, that guy's a free agent for a reason. Like the Aaron Judges and LeBron James and Kevin Durant's and these players in these other sports that hit free, they never hit free agency in the NFL. And if they do, it's usually because it's toward the end of their career, right? Like Tom Brady hit free agency; he was 42 years old. Peyton Manning hit free agency; they didn't think his neck worked. It's usually like, God, can you believe that uh, Aaron Donald at 27 hit free agency? Like, that's just not the way the NFL works. So when you sign a free agent, there's there's a lot of risk involved, right? It's why usually a lot of the top guys that do change teams through trade. Devontae, Tyreek, Khalil Mack back in the day, like players like that. Looking back, Derek was legitimate, had a lot of baggage, and had a lot of red flags. And he was a free agent for a reason. He was, you know, say what you want about Josh McDaniels, he shorted him, and he might have been right. And I would say based on what we've seen this year, he he was right. And the Saints are, Dennis Allen isn't a very good coach, so it's not all on Derek. I don't think Dennis has any clue what he's doing, and he's going to get fired at the end of the season. But D- Derek has played a role in that, him losing his job for sure. Okay, let's get uh, to our Morgan and Morgan player that made it look easy. If you're going to talk as much shit as Debo talked since the Super Bowl, and Debo went to the Super Bowl and did the media rounds like he was, you know, older players typically do the media rounds and they hit everything, like Dan Marino for, you know, whatever old person Viagra or Nutricia or whatever the hell he's pushing. Joe Montana, our friends at Guinness, you know, stuff like that. They hit everybody. They don't discriminate whether you're Coward, Dan Patrick, or a local radio show in South Dakota. They are pushing that product. Usually the younger players, like if I'm still in the league, I get paid a lot of money from Company X, and I just hit the big boys, right? I get my 50, 100, whatever, 80K, and I do like six or seven, and I get out of there, and I'm wherever the Super Bowl is, I, I go out that night with my girlfriend, my boys, party, hang out. Debo treated that thing. Like he was a 1970s Hall of Famer. Anyone with the mic, I'm going to tell you what I got to say. And what I got to say 
is I think the Eagles secondary stinks. I think James Bradbury couldn't cover me in a phone booth. I don't think they got a snowball's chance in hell to slow us down. And a lot of people, rightfully so, were like, sour grace, man. Debo, you got to wear this one. And Debo never backed down. He never shut up about it. All offseason, all season, and leading up to the game. They went right to his locker Monday of this week because the Niners played on the Thursday of Thanksgiving. They had practice on Monday and all the reporters were in there. And they're like, Debo, anything to say about, you know, what you said for the last nine months? I take nothing back. <laughs> no com- Like, he didn't no comment. He was like, said what I said. I stand on it. It's like, God, Debo, you know, I, I know you can back it up, but can your team to go in that game, to have three touchdowns, and to essentially dance on their graves and somewhat validate everything you said. Like James Bradbury can't cover these guys. The safeties, the linebackers, they got no shot. <laughs> like, they got no shot. But most specifically, Debo, they don't got an answer. And he's a serious problem for them because the way Kyle uses them, he's not like ultimately like AJ made some plays. The safety's going to miss some tackles, but like you can double him because he's just running routes. Debo gets the ball. Half his touches are like coming in the backfield, end arounds, quick screens. It's just more difficult. It's it's just more unique that way. But to back it up like that in Philly with a big smile on his face, uh, fly Debo, fly. So uh, that was my Morgan & Morgan player that make it look easy. If you're ever injured, you can check out Morgan & Morgan. Their fee is free unless they win. For more information, go to forthepeople.com slash john or dial pound law, pound 529 from your cell phone. That's F-O-R, thepeople.com slash J-O-H-N or pound law 529. The Volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at first first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see... See what music does to people. 
it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.